Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to have you back here on season three of the Eccles Business Buzz podcast. I'm your host, Francis Johnson. I'm so glad you've joined us as we continue to explore the topic of continuous curiosity. This season, we're talking all about what curiosity is, why it's so important, and what roadblocks can sometimes prevent us from being curious. We'll also hear from people who pursued their curiosities into new degrees, professions, and passions. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Rachel Hayes, Dean of the David Eccles School of Business. Dean Hayes joined the Eccles School in 2005 as a professor of accounting. She has also served as the George S. and Dolores Dory Eccles Presidential Chair in Financial Reporting and Associate Dean of Faculty and Research. Prior to joining us at the U, Dean Hayes taught at the Kellogg Graduate School of Management at Northwestern University and the Graduate School of Business at the University of Chicago. She joins us today to talk about why continuous curiosity is a key value of the Eccles School and how students can use their Eccles experience to become more curious people. Dean Hayes, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Francis. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Rachel, I thought we'd start out talking about the word curiosity. It's something that can mean different things to different people. Already this season, we've heard some different definitions of curiosity and experiences with curiosity. Tell us when you hear the word curiosity, what does it mean to you? Well, I guess my first thought is that curiosity is the desire to learn something, appetite for new knowledge or understanding. I think It's also a questioning of things around us. I think when you see something that doesn't accord with your own intuition, then that may spark a curiosity as well. I love that answer, something that doesn't quite sit right, maybe doesn't line up with what we think or what we think we understand. Then it sparks a little question of, am I wrong? Is this wrong? What could be or should be different here? And I think that's something that in the classroom often works to great advantage for students and and the faculty who are trying to teach them. When you present students with an idea that is counter to their intuition, but you can then explain to them what's actually going on, I think it has a bigger impact or is more memorable, makes them more curious going forward. Can you think of an experience, I know you're not in the classroom now, though maybe you wish you were, (laughs) but in your time in the classroom, can you think of an experience where you've been able to spark that curiosity for your students or a method that you have? Well, I guess that the example that comes quickest to my mind is not me on the faculty side, but me on the student side. And when I think about the class that really made me think the most during my time, I go back to this psychology class that I took as a graduate student at Stanford. And I sort of went into the class kicking and screaming, thinking it wasn't something that I needed to take for my economics-based education. And what I found was that I learned a lot about myself and about the way people approach the world. The professor used to do a series of tiny experiments in class that showed us how our perceptions didn't always match reality. 
And I guess the easiest one I can think of to explain was when he was trying to describe this hot hand phenomenon that people talk about in gambling and in sports and and actually all parts of life. And this is where we don't always recognize what is a random sequence and what's not. And so the way that he illustrated this to us in class was he had each of us write a 100-digit sequence of numbers that we were supposed to make look random. And so just 100 digits, and we made it look as though it was generated randomly. And what we found is that it turns out that if you actually do have a random sequence of numbers, you will generate runs of, you know, five sixes in a row or six fours in a row. But none of us in the class, when we generated our so-called random sequences, put runs of longer than three into our made-up sequences. And as we went through the class, we did a number of these sorts of small demonstrations where at the end of it, we would all kind of scratch our heads and say, wow, I can see why I did this, but it doesn't make any sense. And that to me was the class that has sparked my curiosity more than any other class that I've ever taken. I love this story because I think it applies broadly to all the different places where we can apply curiosity. This is a great example of in an academic setting where something wasn't what you thought it was and getting curious and understanding why you thought one thing and then why it was different. I think that's a great example of curiosity. I think that can also apply to how we see people, right? So we had Glenn Kreiner from the management department on earlier this season, and he talked about this idea of the reflected best self, that what we think about ourselves is often not what other people think about us. And chances are people are thinking more highly of us than we are thinking of ourselves. So getting curious about how other people see us and why can also help us have curiosity about ourselves in the same way that getting curious about, oh, what does it really mean for an experience, a number, a phenomenon to be random can spark our curiosity about an idea. Oh, I love that idea. Glenn works on some really interesting questions in his research. Rachel, tell us some other times where curiosity has played an important role in your life. Well, I guess I am a researcher. So my time at the business school and since I came out of graduate school has been spent doing research. And so I think fundamentally you have to be curious in order to do research. I think a more influential, or I'm not sure more influential is the the way to put it, but I ended up going down this path when I started in an MBA program at the University of Colorado. And as I went through that program, I took a, a finance class where I read academic papers and I found myself curious about the experiments and the results and wanted to learn more. And pretty soon I realized, hey, maybe the right career for me is actually an academic. And in a business school, I can do all kinds of 
you know, economics-based research about business topics. And so I think that particular piece of curiosity changed my the complete direction of my life because now I'm an academic. I've been a business school professor for a number of years, and it kind of led me to where I am now. So you fit into this category of people who pursued a curiosity into a new degree, a profession, and maybe even a passion. I suppose so. And I I guess that I wouldn't have thought of it in those terms prior to kind of sitting down and thinking about what is continuous curiosity. But yeah, it is curiosity, and that's what got me here. Talk to us about some of the things the Eccles School tries to do to create that culture of curiosity for faculty, for staff, and for students. Well, I think fundamentally, we we have an attitude of how can we better serve our students? And I think, you know, as corollaries to that, our staff and faculty, we want to be sure we're serving them as well. But a lot of what we do is to try to create opportunities and experiences that will benefit the students that come to the Eccles School. So Rachel, you shared a great experience with us from your time as a student, stepping a little bit outside of your comfort zone, taking a class that you didn't want to take and you didn't think you would be interested in, but it turned out to be really interesting and impactful. What are some advice that you would give to the current students at the Eccles School about how they could do that same thing, how they can pursue and grow their own curiosity while they're here? Get involved. There's a lot going on here at the school, and it's worth trying out things that you might not think you'd be interested in. We know ourselves that when students get involved, they have a sense of community, and they're more likely to stick around. So tell us some of the things, a few examples of things that Eccles students can do to be more involved here in the Eccles community. We have a number of centers, institutes, and initiatives at the school, and I've spoken to students who've been involved in, for example, the Daniels Fund Ethics Case Competition, and many of them say that it has been the highlight of their time in college. The Lassonde Institute, that's obviously one of our more well-known institutes, and the students that are involved in Lassonde have entrepreneurial ventures, some of which develop into full-fledged businesses, and some of which just teach them how to think about managing their own business, even if it doesn't turn out to be a lifelong pursuit. Lassonde is also a great example of how cross-disciplinary collaboration getting, again, outside of our comfort zones. I think that's a little bit of a theme here. Maybe I'm a business student, but at Lassonde or in other centers and initiatives here at the Eccles School, I get to partner up with an engineering student or maybe someone studying global health or even in the Eccles School itself, we have the Masters of Health Administration students. So It's not just finance, accounting, and business by getting involved through different classes, different centers, different competitions. Students are able to cross-pollinate a little bit and maybe find, if not a new interest, a new way of applying the things that they've already been learning. 
Yes, and that's certainly something we see at Lassonde with the, for example, the Lassonde Plus X program. Just this weekend, I was wearing a painted denim jacket that was made by a student in one of our Lassonde programs, and she's an artist and now has her own business designing clothing and jewelry and other things that she's run through the Lassonde Institute. I hope that we all get to see that jacket someday. Sounds amazing. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) My daughter, the only thing she wanted for her ninth birthday was a jean jacket. It's the, I guess, the cool thing for fourth grade girls. And my mom took her on a special grandma shopping trip and got her one. But I think if she knew she could have a painted one, we'd be in a whole different category of awesome, (laughs) awesome elementary school wardrobe. Well, Rachel, you've shared some really great examples from your life of curiosity, and we've talked about students and their curiosity, and I think these kind of come together now with this question of why curiosity is important for the faculty at the Eccles School to develop. So you talked about how your own curiosity led you to a path of academia and being able to research the relationship between some different disciplines. Why is it important for the faculty members here to develop their own curiosity, not just help their students be curious? Well, I think faculty are by nature curious because they've gotten into this profession typically by being interested enough to do a lot of research into their topic. So I think curiosity is really a a fundamental characteristic of our faculty, and students get to benefit from this because our faculty actually are out there learning about current trends and what's going on in the markets and the newest types of, say, financial instrument. And students benefit from this. Students benefit from having experts who are learning and teaching the most current topics out there. I think that's right. I mean, we're not giving our students the best education they can have, the best experience they can have if we're behind in the research or even behind in the way that we present information, right? We can't teach Gen Zers. I think that's where we are now, Generation Z, the same way that we taught baby boomers or even myself as an elder millennial. The way that I learned when I was in college is different from the way students are learning now. So not only do faculty members need curiosity in their own fields, but we need to be curious about how we're teaching students so that they really learn and spark their own curiosity. Yes. And I think, again, that personality trait of being curious naturally applies to faculty and it helps for all those reasons too. What about students? I don't think curiosity is just something we have or we don't. We might think of it that way, but I don't think that that is what it is. I think it's like a muscle or a skill that we can practice and develop. Why is that important as students are worried about learning all their academic information, right? Why is it important for them to put some time into developing this skill of curiosity as well? Well, I think even if you don't plan to, say, be a researcher or be an entrepreneur, the skills that come with curiosity, like problem solving, 
are so important in any job or even in life. I mean, you think about having a curiosity about people, for example, that helps you to understand the people around you. It helps you navigate arguments and confrontation if you have enough curiosity to try to understand where is this person coming from. I think it helps if you fail sometimes. The ability to analyze, well, why did I fail here? And that's a form of curiosity as well. And all of these are life skills that you use in your job, you use in your home life, and pretty much everywhere. I think those are great examples. I've loved this season as we've talked about curiosity in all these different forms, really that it's something that applies everywhere. It's not just in our work. It's not just in our learning. It's not just in our personal lives. But if we learn to be curious in one of those places, then we benefit from it in all of the others. Rachel, you are a little bit new to your role as Dean of the Eccles School here. How has curiosity helped you adapt to that change? I feel a little bit like one of our students at this point because I've spent a number of years at the school, first as a professor, then as a department chair and associate dean, and and now as dean. And my perspective as a professor of accounting is quite different from my perspective now. And it turns out that in the same way that I encourage students to get involved, I'm finding from my own experience that I'm having to get involved because we have so very much going on at the school. So I'm learning and asking questions all the time as I discover the different sorts of activities and advantages that we're providing our students here. Is there something that sticks out, something you've learned or an experience you've had as dean that you hadn't had before that really taught you something new? You know, really what has stood out to me in this role is the curiosity and, I guess, enthusiasm of our community. As a professor, you have less interaction with other stakeholders at the school. And one thing that has really stood out to me is how very interested and enthusiastic the community and our alumni and students are about the school. And that's kind of infectious. I bet you've been seeing a lot of that enthusiasm in the football suite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, strangely enough, people are very enthusiastic in the football suite, especially when we come from behind to win against USC. I don't even like football and I was very invested in that game. And it was so exciting, (laughs) even just refreshing my Google at home to see a miraculous win at the end. That was pretty awesome. Well, Rachel, I'm so glad you've been with us here today. I've loved hearing your insights about your own experiences with curiosity and also why it's so important for our community here at the Echo School to develop continuous curiosity as a skill and as a discipline. Tell us before we leave today, what do you do in your own life, either personal or professional, to stay curious? I read a lot. I read the news a lot. I'm also really curious about people. I like to talk to random people and learn different perspectives. And I think that that 
serves me well in interacting with a broad set of diverse people. Certainly something that we have here, right, at the Echo School, a broad and diverse group. Great to be able to connect with all of them. Yes. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for being with us here on the Eccles Business Buzz podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember to leave us a rating and a review too. We'll be back in two weeks with another discussion about curiosity, and I really hope you'll tune in. Until then, follow us on Instagram at Eccles Alumni for all the latest news from your Eccles Alumni Network.